about a year ago-ish, uh, we had uh, one of the evangelists come, and uh, you guys may remember it. Uh, the guy's name that came was uh, Brother Holloway, A.J. Holloway. And uh, one of the things he spoke about, he spoke about a lot of things. And uh, absolute blessing to the church. One of the things he talked about was a short, short, um, I guess, testimony, if you would, about his son passing and he having a moment where he would be interceding and uh, essentially he was interceding for himself. And one of the challenges that he gave to the church was that we would make ourselves available for intercession. Later, following that, much later than that, actually just recently, Sister Brown spoke a little bit at the altar call couple weeks ago, and she said that she felt strongly that God was calling many people in the church to a place of intercession, to be regular intercessors. And I believe that 100% with all my heart and all my spirit. So that's what I want to talk about a little bit today, just intercession, kind of what what that looks like, and maybe hopefully provide a different perspective on it. But if we could stand and pray, We're just going to jump right into the Word of God today. Let's just pray that God would have His way, that the Spirit would move in the way that it wants to today. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Thank you, God, for your love and mercy and grace. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you do for us, Lord God. Thank you for your presence that's already in this place today. I pray, God, that you would challenge each of our hearts, Lord God, to go deeper into your presence and your word, Lord God. Challenge us with specific directions, specific places, Lord God, that you want us to meet, Lord God. I pray for specific prayers, Lord God, to be placed on our hearts and placed on our minds, God. And I pray God, that you're anointing, God, that the, your spirit, Lord God, would move in this place, God, in a profound way, God. I pray, God, the revelation would be given. I pray that understanding would be given and put something deep in our hearts, Lord God, deep in our hearts today, Lord God, to move in the way that you're asking to, God. We praise you. We magnify you. Let's clap our hands. We praise you, God. You are worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you, God. You are good. You are worthy, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to turn to Isaiah 53 and 12. It says, Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors, for he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. You can be seated. As we continue reaching into these places, these communities and regions and cities, towns, all these places we're reaching into that uh, people need to hear the gospel. People need to hear about Jesus. As we reach into them, as we pray for them, as we connect to them, we're going to hear things. We're going to hear of traumatic stories. We're going to hear at times and potentially experience traumatic circumstances. Be exposed to trauma that we don't like to be exposed to. We're going to be around and we're going to witness impossible situations and impossible circumstances. We're going to be asked to bear weight on our shoulders that is simply unbearable to on our own. We're not going to have the strength to bear that type of weight, to bear those type of sorrows and depression that we're going to be exposed to and interacting with, ministering to people. When we see these things, of course, our desire, we, we want to do something about those things. We want to minister to them. We want to find ways to communicate to them that, that Jesus loves you and there is a way for, for you to get to him. We want to find ways to reach into every community and every background that is around us, every culture, every area. We want to reach out to the rich and the poor, the, the hateful and the hated. 
We desire to reach the young and the old. We don't have any sort of bias in who we desire to reach with the gospel. This was and still remains the mission of Christ. John 3.16, most of us know it well. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him, they should not perish, but they should have everlasting life. And there's always going to be brilliant people, intelligent people. They're going to have insightful, insightful perspectives and ideas and, and plans about how we're going to reach this community next. How are we going to reach this city next? And there's going to be good ideas. Right? There's going to be bad ideas, good and bad methods, good and bad approaches. But in the midst of all the planning and preparation, which is good and orderly and proper, in the midst of gathering information, exchanging ideas, those are good too. There's never going to be any replacement for a plan birthed in intercession. There's never going to be a method that is better unless it's birthed in intercession. There's never going to be a replacement for ideas and thoughts and Bible studies and approaches that are birthed in a place of intercession. And if we're looking to reach the neighbor and the best way to reach the coworker and the best way to start a Bible study and go through that Bible study with anointing and with the presence of God flowing and the best way to reach and build relationships with people, we got to become very familiar with the place of intercession. Very familiar with intercession. We ought to be drawn to intercession. Intercession, that helps you become more familiar with God's heart, God's will, God's desire. Intercession that allows our heart to have a keyhole peek into the sorrow and brokenness that people all around us feel. Those nights when you have that ping of depression and ping of sorrow and ping of just sadness on you, that is the Holy Ghost speaking to you, say, I need you to, pr- to plead the blood and intercede for someone now. I need my spirit to reach out of you into someone else to minister to their situation now. Intercession, that is what produces rivers of compassion on that person that you don't even like. Intercession, that's what produces grace to give to those who do not think that they deserve it. Hebrews 7.25 says, Wherefore he is also able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. The Bible speaks many, many times for that God is interceding for us, finding ways to, to get us closer to Him, finding ways and giving us opportunities and giving us events and giving us times where we could get to His presence once again. The eyes of intercession, they don't have bias when they intercede for His soul. The eyes of intercession, they don't have a critical spirit, no matter the sin, no matter the thing that, that happened. The eyes of intercession, they don't see no soul that's too far gone. The eyes of intercession, they only look and they only operate through overwhelming and undefiled love. Intercession, that's something that it cannot become foreign to us. It can't become foreign to our days and weeks. It can't just be, become something that's awkward that happens around us when we're at church. Intercession, it can't be foreign to our heart and to our, to our schedules. And when we start to regularly make ourselves available to intercession, it's something different. It, it no longer feels awkward. It no longer feels out of place. It simply feels familial. See, it feels of a family-type feeling. Intercession, it's, it's what we ought to do. Intercession itself, if you don't know, it's, it's spiritually, it's ought to be familial. It's the very heart of Jesus expressing love and feeling the pain of humanity while beckoning them to come close to him. Understanding intercession, that it's, it's so important to understand the process of intercession and maybe why it's difficult to get there at times. Once we understand that, the intents, the purposes, 
the plan for intercession, we can, we can get it. It no longer feels like a sacrifice to do intercession. It no longer becomes something that we have to do. It becomes something very different. It doesn't become an option anymore. Oh, should I or should I not do it? Do I have the choice or do I not have the choice? We don't think those thoughts when we fall into that place of intercession once we become familiar with it. It becomes something very different than that. It becomes something that we're seeking to be aware of. It becomes something that's priority in our life that our spirit desires and craves. We're, We're just chomping at the bit waiting for a move of God to happen so we can jump in and join in and be a part of the spirit of God moving in someone's life. See, too often intercession, that's something that's viewed as, I have to do this. It's a sacrifice. It's something like as of a task that we have to do. And I get that physically. Yeah, it's a task because you wake up at 3 in the morning sometimes. Yes, it's a task because it it wears your body out because you're on the floor crying and, and pleading the blood and praying for hours. And it wears you out. It takes your voice. It takes your stomach. It, it, it takes your mind. But it, it's, it's not as simple as, oh, this is just something that a task that I have to do. This is something that God died and he bled for. Something that he designed as a delivery system to communicate and pull his children to him. This is no task. It's not simply our sacrifice that we do. This was his sacrifice and his blood that was paid for that intercession. Paid for the interaction that happens between God and humanity. This is something that we don't simply get to be a part of. This is our privilege to carry. And as I choose to worship my God, I will do this according to his will and his purpose. This is something that is a part of my worship. Part of my worship is being able and carrying the privilege of interceding for someone else. Interceding for something that does, cannot connect to God themselves for one reason or another. It's part of our reasonable service to be able to get into the time of intercession. At its core, this intercession thing, this familial intercession, it's a loving father calling to his children. That father's no regular, no standard father that's an earthly father. He's a spiritual, he's a heavenly father. He's full of grace, he's full of mercy. He has a jealous love for each one of us. He never fails, he's never out of the picture. He's always safe. He does not make mistakes. This father is perfect, without sin, and is always available to his children. A better father than I could ever be, a better man than I could ever be. This is our heavenly father. The intercession, it is spiritually familial. Romans 8, 14 through 18 says, For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Familial. For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. Familial. Whereby we cry, cry, Abba, Father. Again, familial. The Spirit itself, that beareth witness within our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, they're not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. This is the family of God. This is the church of God. These are his children. And we're meant to bombard the gates of heaven with intercession. It's a family thing. It's it's what we ought to do. See, if you're ever wondering what, those, those kind of things you feel when you're interceding, we feel urgency. Yeah, we feel the different situations that are going on. We feel the, the, the different trials that people face. But we also feel just a love that pours out to them, a love from God that extends to them. It's a family. 
Because when we're interceding, we're not really concerned about the sacrifice. We're not really concerned about the time spent on the floor praying. We're not concerned about how it may feel or how many meals may be missed or how much it might mess up my schedule. Because it's familial. You sacrifice for family. You do whatever you need to do to get them where they need to be for family. That is what intercession ought to be. It's not the all-night prayer meeting that the Holy Ghost prompts you to engage in that's the toughest part of intercession. It's not even the heavy burden. that That's not the heavy part of intercession. That's not the thing that, that hurts the most. So that's the tough part about intercession. The, the real resistance to, to, to intercession is that's the reality that we have to change. That's the reality we have to change. Our flesh is very aware of the truth that intercession brings. Is that when we do get into that place of regular intercession, when we are feeling that prick and that call of God to be interceding regularly, we realize, our flesh realizes, that we will never be the same at that point. Once we make the decision, I'm going to intercede every time that the Spirit asks me to intercede, it's going to change me. It terrifies our flesh when you say that we have to change. When people are afraid of something, they just kind of ignore it. You can't weep over a lost soul for an hour in intercession and not have that change you fundamentally. You cannot cry out to a holy God for a broken family all night and not have that change you fundamentally. It requires your flesh and my flesh, my flesh to make changes, to, to look at things differently, to feel things differently. We don't just get to take that hour or two hours or whatever and speak in tongues intensely and lots of passion and we just are done after we pray. It doesn't work like that. Intercession requires changing who we are. Intercession requires us to, to adjust things in our life that we just don't want to do. So again, it's simply simple just to ignore it, just to not do it. So we can, we can get away with praying prayers some of the prayers that we pray, and that prayer may not change us. Part of the reason for that is because it's us who are doing the praying. It's us who are focused on what we're praying for, and that doesn't have to change us when we pray like that. But when we're interceding, it's going to make you feel compassion for things and people and situations that you would never have imagined that you would feel compassion for. Intercession, you show me someone who's consistently in a place of intercession in their lives. I'll show you someone that's spiritually investing in their lives and the natural as well. Not just so they can become a better person, not just because they want to be whatever, fill in the blank. It's so that they can be better in their craft or, or their gifts or their ministry. They're, they're learning that they're investing and diligently working on improving their lives so they can go to a deeper place to make more of an impact. They can be more readily available for the kingdom of God. And they are in a consistent stage of changing for the better. That's what you see when you see someone who has a consistent life of intercession. Those are the signs you'll see. They're going to have a burden for things that you don't quite understand. That burden for souls or that burden for the ministry is going to, it's going to be so deep. And there's going to have so much depth to it and so much of a burden on the hearts. People around them may not understand, why do you love this so much? Why do you do so much for this? Why do you spend all your time on this? They won't quite understand because maybe they haven't gotten to that place. It requires someone not to quench the spirit when, when we are asked to intercede, when we're asked to do things that God wants us to, to, to reach into and change. That's the hardest part of intercession is the realization, I'm going to have to change when I go into intercession. 
After I intercede, I'm also going to have to change after that. And to go to the next intercession, I'm going to have to change again and change again and change again. That's the part of intercession that we don't really talk about all the time because it changes us. Some of these things that it looks like, Lord, I don't know how to give grace to that person, but you do. So I'm going to intercede. Lord, I don't know how to trust them ever again, but you do, so I'm going to intercede. Lord, you know that they have destroyed lives of many, but God, I'm asking that you do the miracle in their lives in spite of that. Lord, you know that they have lived a life that does not honor you, but God, I'm asking that you send a miracle to their life so they can be changed to that same person. That same person that maybe has caused pain or maybe that same person that has invested years in their life in the ministry and, and helped many people and loved everybody. They may need a miracle. Intercession is, gets in the way of that. It, it, it reaches to those places that we may not know how to reach. Knowing that this investment is of being available to the Spirit, it, it, when it changes you, it brings a whole other realization of what this intercession thing is all about. It's, it's, intercession is not just meant for, to one person or another. It's not just meant for one person that prays really hard or prays really long. The intercession, it's, it's, it's a spirit. It's through the spirit of God. And he desires to make intercession so his people could be reached, so his children could be reached. Once we go to that place and we start interceding regularly, we start to feel and think and see things differently. We shift things differently. And we become excited about that prayer meeting that we really didn't want to go to. We get excited for when those evangelists come and when we have regular service in general because we know that anything could happen. Could that be that that intercession that we just prayed for? Could it be that God would actually do the thing that we prayed for? How amazing would that be? And that's what is supposed to happen. We're supposed to have that excitement for it. And if we believe in the gospel that says that there is grace and mercy for every soul in every place in every country, every state, every city, every history, and that there is redemption for everyone without exception, without caveat, we want God to do those things. We want God to move in their lives. We want God to touch every single person in jail. We want God to touch every single person in prison. We want God to touch every single person who's done anything they've ever done. Because that's what intercession is all about. It's, it's the love of God being poured out to places that we cannot reach. We cannot reach those places in the natural. We can't bring our minds to those places to love people the way that God loves them. We can't do that. And that's why we need intercession. That's why we need re- intercession. While our love may be times lacking, the Spirit never lacks that love. Our grace for them, it may run out, but the Spirit, that never runs out. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for what we ought, but the Spirit itself, that maketh intercession for us, with groanings which cannot be uttered. See, there's a great need, a great burden, a responsibility, and a privilege of intercession. To be alive and well in our hearts, to be working in our lives. It's one of the great tools that is accessible for us in our walk with God. One that is an absolute necessity for us to make the difference up because we can't make the difference up in the natural. It's submitting their impossible situation. It's submitting their impossible circumstance, their impossible heart, their impossible mind to God for them. Because I can remember a place when I was in an impossible situation. 
I can remember a time when I was not living for God, when I was making decisions that were not something God is pleased with. I can remember times when I lived in sin and I chose to make bad decisions regularly. But someone interceded for me. Someone took the time to sacrifice and intercede for me. And and my heart changed towards God. My heart changed towards relationships in my life. The anger and the rage that would be in my heart, it went away. It got healed because someone stood in the gap and interceded and decided that they love me more than they can express. So they will intercede and ask God to do something that they cannot do. See, if if we're trying to find a way to connect to people that are dealing with situations that are impossible, that you don't have the first clue on what to do with, intercession will allow your heart and your mind to have spiritual wisdom to guide them through it. See, we wonder how many times we're going to have Bible studies with people and not have an answer for them. Intercession will provide that answer. If we are in the place of intercession, it will give us that wisdom that we cannot get in the natural because their situation, it's too far gone from us. We can't comprehend what they're experiencing. We can't comprehend what they have to deal with every day. We can't comprehend some of the things they battle mentally and some of of the disruptions that they have throughout their day. We can't comprehend that. Some of the trauma that they experience and how they react to the trauma, we may not be able to comprehend that, but the Spirit of God, that comprehends it. The intercession, that is a place where we can get those answers for the people that we need to speak to and give answers to. And it's not good enough to simply say, you know what, I prayed about it and I have nothing to give you. We may not have all the answers. We don't. But if we pray and we intercede, that God can give them wisdom and God can give them direction. There's a place in the word of God that can minister to them. There's something in the word of God that can speak directly to their situation. So if we spend time in prayer and we spend time in intercession, there's nothing that we cannot minister to when we have the spirit of God available. Intercession is a necessity. Read all the books you want, and those are good, and we should do that. But build intercessory prayer in your life. Educate yourself as much as possible. Use practical tools, practical wisdom. Enhance your ministry, enhance your understanding. But build intercessory prayer in your life. Build relationships, spend time with people, but build intercessory prayer in your life. Teach Bible studies, preach the word to those that are around you but build intercessory prayer in your life. Intercession, that may be the only voice that pleads the case to God for a soul that's in chaos and calamity. There may be no solution. There may be no resources. There may be no options except for a Holy Ghost-filled man, a Holy Ghost-filled woman of God interceding for them. So many people, they're searching for methods. So many people, they're searching for direction, how to do things, turn to intercession. There are many that pray for a deeper love for souls and more opportunity to reach the lost. Turn to intercession. To intercession, it gives you the right to speak to places where you would otherwise not have the right to speak to. Intercession, that opens a door that you cannot open and no one will open for you. Intercession, that persuades us to move. That persuades us to have compassion and grace that is not practical whatsoever. Intercession, that creates opportunities that we cannot create on our own. Intercession, that's what softens the hearts of people when they refuse to hear the gospel of Christ. Intercession, that prays the prayers that we have a hard time praying, that we don't have the words to pray or we don't know how to pray. Intercession does those prayers for us. 
And if you're ever looking for ways to grow in your relationship with God, and maybe you read as much as you can, maybe you spend time with ministry as much as you can, and you're still looking for that, that next level, find intercession. When you're having a hard time finding clarity, direction for yourself, for your family, find intercession. There will always be a deeper place of prayer. There's always going to be a deeper place of intercession, and it's always worth the battle it takes to get there. It's always worth the sacrifice it takes to get there. And if we need some wisdom, if we're having a hard time reaching, we have to find that place of intercession. Because that's, that's that block that we have to get before we get to that next point. We can think of intercession as work, and yeah, it is work. And we can think of intercession as a sacrifice, and that also can be true. But it's also a place that you get a deeper love for souls. It's a, it's a place where you find a deeper love for the Word of God. It's a place where you can learn more about the heart of God, the very will of God. We cannot regularly go into a place of deep intercession, being led of the Holy Ghost, and not have our heart be provoked at the reality of the lost world, reality of the situations around us. First John chapter 2, verses 1 through 3 says, my little children, these things I write unto you, that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's appropriation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Part of his instruction to us is that we would be in intercession. Part of that is intercession. Maybe in the last year, uh, maybe even in the last six months, you don't have to raise your hands, but how many people have been pricked and provoked when that word intercession keeps popping up? How many times have you been praying and and you you feel that urge, that need to go deeper, and it feels awkward, and it feels like I I can't quite do that. It doesn't make sense. And, And you pause or stop before you get to the point where maybe God wants you to get to. Our whole lives, the, the church around us, the people around us, the, the things that God does, uh, it'll only increase once we find that place of regular intercession, continual intercession. You'll find that your relationships change when you find a place of intercession. I wonder if we could stand for a moment. And... Uh, we're just going to pray for, for a moment here. Let's just connect with the Holy Ghost. God's wanting to call people into intercession. And you'll find that when you start praying and asking God about it and, and talking to God and, and, and praying specific prayers, God, help me go deeper into my prayer. Help me find a place where your spirit is the only thing that speaks. God will give that to you. That burden of intercession will rest on your heart so strongly And the great thing about it is you don't have to do anything special or fantastic once that burden rests on you. You just have to just flow into it. And you have to speak with the Spirit of God that's already in your heart. It's already there. So let's let's take a moment and let's just pray in the Holy Ghost. And this burden of intercession, let's let's let it rest on our hearts.
Have your way in this place, Lord God. Have your way in our hearts, God. I pray, God, that the burden of intercession, Lord God, would rest upon my heart and my mind, would rest upon each heart and each mind in this place, Lord God. I pray, God, that it would reach to the places where we cannot reach. I pray right now, God, that it would provoke our hearts, Lord God. I pray, God, that it will be heavy on our spirits, Jesus. God, I pray that we would be familiar, God, with intercession, God. Help us be sensitive to your voice and how it speaks to us, how it cries out for souls, how it cries out for brokenness, God. If you've been praying for a deeper place in God, this is it. If you've been praying for more power in your life, this is it. If you've been praying for a greater love, a greater anointing, this is it. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Bayamo Koso Toko Shiana Shaya, Bayaya Bobo Koso Toko Sia, Nada Koso Toko Sia, Yaya Mokoso Toko Sia, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I know this may be a little out of the ordinary for, for the first service on Sunday, but if, if by faith, maybe you'd raise your hand, and you don't have to, no pressure at all. Maybe in the last six months, last year, maybe the last little while, has, who's been provoked a little bit by the reality or possibility of intercession? Who's been provoked to go to a deeper place? We're being reached to by God. And this is the tool that he's wanting us to use to carry this into the revival that we're in. This harvest that we're in. This is the thing that we're going to have to get really good at. We're going to have to get so good at it. So those that raise your hands, just keep your hands raised. I wonder, keep your hands raised. And anyone who doesn't have your hand raised, I wonder if you could just turn around to the people that you see. Just bind together, if you feel out of the Spirit, bind together with them for a moment. Lay your hands on their shoulders, on, on their head. Maybe bind together with faith. The Spirit of God wants to do something so profound here. And when we walk out of this place, we're not going to be the same.